All right. If you're turning with me in your Bibles today, we're going to start in Proverbs chapter 10, verse 18. And we're going to jump around a lot in in Proverbs, like the first part of the message. I'm going to jump around to a bunch of different, like, little Proverbs. So if it's easier for you to follow on the screen, go for it. If you want to turn, go ahead and turn, but it's going to be hard to keep up right at first. But we're starting in Proverbs 10, verse 18. And... Today I want to talk to you for a few minutes about something that I don't think I've ever, I've probably hit on it a few times, but I don't think I've ever preached like a whole message around this subject. And so it might be a little bit uncomfortable for some of us. But today I want to talk to you about something that everyone deals with, and it's toxic. It's ugly. It ruins friendships. I've seen it ruin marriages. It negatively affects churches, factories, offices, restaurants, ball games, tea time. It attacks respect and it destroys trust. Does that sound like something you want in your life? All of those things are true about what we're about to talk about. Now, just hearing that, all those things that it does, would anybody want that in their life? I don't. That's a lot of pretty bad negative stuff. Nothing good in there that I just mentioned. I don't want it in my life, but guess what? It has been in my life, and it's been in yours too, I'm sure. It goes against what Jesus teaches, and it goes against the example of Jesus' life. What is it? Gossip. Or as King James calls it, slander. It's gossip. And we think, oh, it's not that big of a deal. And everybody does. And everybody talks about this. and It's just gossip. Well, according to the Bible and according to a whole bunch of places we're about to look at from the wisest man in the whole entire world, Solomon, and according to Jesus, and it's a big deal. It's actually listed up there with... All the other big bad sins that we would think are really bad. But for some reason, gossip is acceptable. Like that's okay. In the workplace and on the job, it's because it appeals to our flesh, to our human nature. We're we're wired to, oh yeah, tell me, what is it? Oh, I didn't know. Oh, I got this information. Now I get to tell it to somebody else. About somebody else. What'd you hear? Oh, that's what I heard. What'd you hear? Yeah, that's what I thought. I wasn't sure, so I wasn't going to say anything. But now that you said it, I've been thinking that for a long time. Yep, you're right. Yeah, she said that to me too. She, Oh, yeah, she. I was a little P.O.'d, if you know what I mean. <laughs> All right, and there you go. You get talking. Everybody does it, and it's acceptable. It's been said that gossip can travel all the way around the world before truth can even get out of bed and put his pants on. And especially now with social media, it's insane how fast word can travel, how fast news can get around and people find out stuff and cell phones and sending stuff and all the, I'm not even going to start naming social media apps because I'll reveal my age. But all the different ways that news gets out there, right? Like, it's so fast. I don't know, like, 
I, I guess I'm old enough, maybe I'm older, my kids would laugh and make fun about this, but, you know, I remember a time where if you wanted to find out what was going on, you had to sit in front of the TV and watch the news, right? You, you, if you wanted to know the weather, you probably waited until like the five o'clock news came on and hoped you could turn on the TV and see, or ask someone else that had time to go sit in front of the TV and see what was going on in the world. Not anymore. If something happens, you find out about it quick. There, a big news story breaks, and, and y'all will tell me right when I'm done preaching. And I'm thinking, well, how in the world did you know that? You're sitting there on your phone? Whether it's good things or bad things or crazy things, news travels fast, and it seems like bad news travels even faster. Y'all know I didn't even watch the Oscars this year. And I can't count how many times I've seen Will Smith slap Chris Rock. I didn't even watch the Oscars, and I've seen memes and jokes and whole podcasts about it. And some people think Will was in the right because he was defending his wife. And some people think that Chris Rock was wronged and that they're on his side and all. And whether you think either way, I don't, it doesn't matter. That's not my point. The point is, I didn't even tune into the Oscars. But boy, I saw that over and over and over and over. And that's about two people that I don't even know. Like, I know who they are, but I'm not in relationship with Will Smith or Chris Rock. Wish I was. If any of y'all are, introduce me. But I mean, that's about two people I don't even know. That was an instant incident between them and Chris Rock made a joke about Will Smith's wife and whatever. But everybody loves to have something to talk about, something to make fun of, something to say he's wrong. No, he was wrong. In our flesh, we love to have something negative to tell or a secret to share. Oh, I got to tell this. Or, you know, some people like, I've confronted people before like, I thought that was supposed to be a secret. And you've told you know, multiple people. And they say, oh, well, they knew when they told me, I'm going to tell it to my safe people. I'm going to tell it to my people. And it's like some of y'all in the room, so. Because we love to have something to tell. And not like, according to Jesus and according to some scriptures we're about to look up and stuff, like, if it doesn't involve them, then you have no business going to them. doesn't matter if they're your person. Unless you're coming up with a solution for a problem or it involves them. We're going to look at, we're going to look at some scripture and we're going to look at some things to back this up. But our flesh, we love to have something negative to tell, a secret to share. The Bible calls it slander. The Bible tells us that it stirs up dissension among the body, that it ends friendships. So let's look at what the wisest man that ever lived, according to the Bible, Solomon, said about it. We're going to look at several different verses. Proverbs 10, 7, uh, what's the first one? Proverbs 10, 18. He who conceals his hatred has lying lips, 
And whoever spreads slander is a fool. This is what happens inside of a gossip. Solomon's letting us know that person that's just always got to have something to say, something negative about somebody else. It's what happens inside. It's the gossip was a fruit that came from a root of hatred, a root of bitterness. Or if I can make someone else look worse than me, it makes me feel better about myself. Or my situation is kind of bad, but, you know, if I can tell you how bad their situation is, or, you know, my, yeah, my addiction is a little bit out of control, but if I can point my finger at somebody that's a little bit more out of control, like, you know, at least I'm not and fill in the blank. And so it feels good to us to gossip about somebody else because then maybe it can make us feel a little better about ourselves. Proverbs eleven nine. With this mouth... With his mouth, the godless destroys his neighbor. But through knowledge, the righteous escape. Proverbs 11, 13. A gossip betrays confidence, but a trustworthy man keeps a secret. You want to be trustworthy? I do. You know what that means? Like worthy of trust. Do you want people to trust you? I know we can talk about this and we can all think of you know people in your life that you know you can't trust. There are people that I know in my life and I know I can't trust them to just say whatever. I don't feel free because I know that they're going to go tell other people. I can't trust them with a serious matter that's going on or I can't trust them to help me out with a situation because I already know. I tell them everybody's going to know and be talking about it and not with the purpose of helping me work it out, not with the purpose of helping me find healing. They're just running around talking about it to other people that have nothing to do with it. Proverbs 20, verse 19. And we're still just jumping around looking at different things that Solomon said. Proverbs 20, verse 19 says, A gossip... Betrays the confidence. So avoid a man who talks too much. It's coming from Solomon. It's like, just avoid him. Stay away from him. Don't open up your heart and soul to this person that can't, that talks too much or that can't control their tongue. Somebody that, oh, I just got to tell. Solomon says, avoid that person. Till what? Forever? No, we're called to be in relationship. We're called to love people. And you can love somebody until they grow up a little bit. But just because you love somebody doesn't mean they're super close and you share everything with them. It's an immature person that can't control their tongue. What's the next one on my list, Ben? Proverbs 16, 28. A perverse man stirs up dissension, and a gossip separates close friends. You ever been in a situation where a little bit of gossip separated you from a good friend? Hurt your friendship? We probably all have been on one end or the other or heard like 
somebody heard you saying something and then now y'all aren't even friends anymore or or you heard from somebody else that that person was talking crap about you. Sorry. Like, whatever. And, and so it separates friendships. That's what gossip does. It stirs up dissension. It separates people. Okay, so if we listen back a couple months ago, I preached a message and stuff about how the Holy Spirit, one of the number one job of the Holy Spirit is to bring unity. And if gossip does the exact opposite of that, gossip just stirs up dissension and divides and separates and severs marriages and severs friendships, and it's just poison, and it's doing the exact opposite of the Holy Spirit. You could say, Someone that's choosing to participate in gossip, speaking it or listening to it, is at war with the Holy Spirit in themselves and in the world that they're placed in. I don't want to be at war with the Holy Spirit. I don't want to be spending any of my time trying to do the opposite of the Holy Spirit. I don't know anyone that professes to be a Christian that would say, yeah, I'd like to spend a little bit of my time each week doing the opposite of the Holy Spirit and possibly warring against God Almighty. You're an idiot if you would say that. But none of us would. See, that's the thing. Like, none of us, and we slip into it, or some of us wouldn't even gossip. But we just listen, which is just as bad. We listen to it and we let it sink in and we don't say anything about it. But the Holy Spirit always brings unity. So just use that as a check. If you're talking to somebody and you realize like a lot of other people are coming up and other people in the church or other people in the family or other people on the job and a lot of people are coming up and then ask yourself, is this conversation helping bring unity? Do I feel like I'm being drawn closer to the people in my church or my job or my family or through these conversations? Or are there being walls built? Are there dividers being thrown up against me and her and me and him? And well, Or is it bringing unity? We have all different ways of saying it. There's all kind of churched up Christian ways to get to say our gossip like yeah we really need to be praying for old so and so you know because here's what happened so make sure you pray for them and then we slip in what we want to say or or what about this one hey come here come here I'm going to tell you something but don't tell anyone else don't tell anybody else what I'm about to tell you. Well, if we're speaking life and we're speaking unity and good things, then what does it matter if I tell everybody, tell the world, here, I'm about to tell you something good. Share it with anybody you want. Proverbs 18, 17 says this. The first to present his case seems right. The first one to tell their side of the story, they seem right. But there's another part of the verse. Till another comes forward and questions him. 
hey, don't tell this to anyone. I'm just telling you because I trust you. And because the first person to say their case, according to that scripture, they seem right because they told their side of the story and what they wanted you to hear. And then the purpose of them saying, now don't tell anybody else because I trust you is so that they don't get called out for exaggerating or making something up. Don't go talk to anybody else. So as Christians, and a biblical response to that would be, so have you talked to them about it? How many times I've said that? I've said that to a bunch of y'all in the room like, okay, but have you, have you talked to them about it? Because that's what Jesus tells us to do. Well, that'll shut it down real quick because most of the time they haven't talked to them about it or it would probably be worked out and they wouldn't be spewing poison and dropping gossip on you. It's a real easy way to shut it down. The first to present his case seems right until another comes forward and questions him. See, gossip is just poison. So if you come up and try to gossip to me, that means you're willing to poison me, to fill me with your trash. You don't place much value on me. And if I stand there and allow you to just constantly keep gossiping to me, then I'm not valuing myself. I just become a trash can. I just allow you to come and just dump all this poison and I will not follow Jesus' instruction and ask you to please go to that person and work it out. And if they're not willing, I'll go with you and whatever. Let's, let's follow our biblical instructions that we have because Jesus told us how to work it out. So let's do that. But if I just allow somebody to keep coming to me and talking about other people, then I'm allowing you to throw your trash in me and I don't want to be a trash can. And you don't need to be either. You're valuable. You have worth. You're not a dumpster. You don't want, you wouldn't let somebody walk up and dump poison in your well every day before you drew out water to drink and give to your family and your animals. Hey, how you doing? I'm over here by the well. I'm just gonna dump a little more poison. Did you know what she did yesterday? Thank you. Goodbye. We would never do that. But gossip is poison. So, so gossip hurts. We could all agree with that. We could all say gossip does hurt. I've seen people hurt by gossip. I may have hurt people by gossip. I've been hurt by gossip. It hurts. You know who it hurts? It, number one, it hurts the person that it's spoken about. Like it hurts the person that you're gossiping about. Obviously, that's kind of the obvious one. Um, but it hurts the person that you're gossiping about. Proverbs 16, 28. I think we just read that one. A perverse man stirs up dissension. And the gossip separates close friends. The second one it hurts is the listener. And this one, I think we don't realize a lot of times. Because I didn't say anything. I didn't say that. I just listened. Yeah, you just listened and let them pour that poison into you and you didn't call them out or ask them, have you gone and talked to the person that you're upset with? Do you have any business? Are you like trying to help the situation or are you just 
talking about it, but it hurts the listener. Look what Proverbs 17.4 says. Proverbs 17.4. A wicked man listens to evil lips. A liar pays attention to a malice tongue, to a malicious tongue. And then verse 9 says, He who covers an offense promotes love. But whoever repeats the matter separates close friends. Oh, so if you see something that somebody did wrong and you cover them and help them walk through it, then you're promoting love. But if you see something that somebody did wrong and you run around repeating the matter... It separates close friends. Oh, we're back to doing the opposite of the Holy Spirit. We're dividing and separating people. It doesn't matter where. It can be on the job. It can be in your family. It can be in a church. It can be wherever. It's just ugly. You're working against the Holy Spirit. So it hurts the person it's spoken about. It hurts the listener. And it hurts the speaker. Whether you realize it or not, when you choose to gossip and when you choose to slander and when you choose to curse God's kids. You know how that makes me feel if I hear somebody dogging out one of my kids? Even if they deserve it. Right? Even if my kid was doing something dumb, it still makes me mad. If I hear somebody like attacking Verbally, one of my children. And so if we believe that we're all God's sons and daughters, like we're told in Scripture, then every time you're talking about one of God's kids, how do you think that makes him feel? Probably not too happy. Well, what if the things I'm saying are true? Still probably doesn't make him too happy. Doesn't make me happy when somebody starts talking about my kids... And it hurts the speaker. It hurts the one talking about it. Look at Proverbs 25, verse 9. It doesn't just hurt the one you're talking about or the one that's listening. It hurts the one that's speaking. Verse 9 says, If you argue your case with a neighbor, do not betray another man's confidence, or he who hears it may shame you. And you will never lose your bad reputation. He's saying, don't run around talking about it. If something's going on between you and your neighbor, don't run around talking about telling everybody else. Your side and trying to make your neighbor look bad. Why? Because you'll get a bad reputation. And from now on, you'll be known as the person that, oh, don't say nothing around them. Oh, if you and him get into it, you better know everybody else is going to know about it. And it'll be very hard to get rid of that reputation. You know, and we say it all different ways. I, already, I said a couple of them, but I know a lot of us have said this. Now, I'm going to tell you something, and I would say this to her face if she was here. I would say this to his face if he was here. Uh, but he's not here. 
And you're not saying it to his face or her face. And Jesus said, if you have a problem with somebody, you're supposed to go to them. And if they're not here, and you're talking about a problem that you have with them, what's the purpose? What is the reason for you bringing it up? For you talking about it? Or this one's been used on me a few times. I just want to thank God. He's, God is really using me. He's really using me. You know the things I walked through and really struggled with? Well, now God's using me to help people like old so-and-so. They're walking through the same thing I am, but they're a lot worse than I was. God's using me to help them out. I'm trying to be kind of vague because this happened recently to me. Bro, you just told me something about somebody else and disguised it with the fact that God's using me to tell me somebody else's business. That they didn't come to me and tell me. That's gossip. There was no purpose in me knowing that. There was no purpose in, I mean, you could have just left them unnamed. But something feels good about sharing that negativity. Or I just kind of hit on that, this one, uh, well, everything I said was true. Yeah, and that's the, like, for some reason we feel like gossip is a lie. That's not, that's not true. Gossip can be 100% the truth. There's nothing in the definition of gossip or in Scripture or anything else that says gossip is false or gossip is a lie. It could be 100% true. So just because it's true doesn't mean it's not gossip. It could still be gossip. Gossip can be 100% true. I heard this quote, and it was really good about this. Everything that is said must be true. But not everything that is true must be said. That was um, Craig Groeschel, pastor, said that. Okay, so everything that is said must be true. But not everything that is true must be said. Just because it's true don't mean you need to go tell it to everybody. You don't have to just tell everything. It's a proven fact that the more times gossip or rumors are shared, the further they get from the truth. So the more ears it goes into and out of and into and out of, that's where they come up with that game. I'm sure you've all seen the game where you line up a bunch of kids and you whisper one thing in this one's ear and then they whisper it to the next one, they whisper it to the next one and it goes all the way down the line and at the end of the line you say, what I say? And you said like, this was a tough board meeting is what it started as and it gets down here and they say, you know, there's a banana in the trash can. It's nowhere near what, what it started out as and that's, that game is what proves um, this point that the more ears it goes through and the more times that a rumor or gossip is shared, the, the further from the truth it gets. It gets further and further from the truth. As I was doing research for this message and looking up different things and reading different things, 
I came across an article in a psychology magazine that says, you can stop gossip with one question. And it was talking about the dangers of, it wasn't a, a Christian thing, it was a psychology thing, talking about how people gossip all the time and that it divides our society and it, desi- it divides people, it divides races and it divides all these different things and how bad gossip was, not even from a Christian standpoint, just from a human standpoint. And it said that you can stop gossip with one question, no matter who's saying it, no matter who they're talking about, takes one question. You know what the question is? Why are you telling me that? You just ask the question. You don't even have to be a jerk. Like, I mean, you could be a jerk about it and be like, but really think about it. If you're sitting there just running your mouth talking about somebody and they just looked at you and said, hey, could I ask you something? Why are you telling me that? Do you need help in that situation? Or like, is there some way I'm connected? Like, did you want me to go to that person for you? Oh, no, 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 no. You're going to see them start panicking. Because I guess you're telling it to me, that means I, you want my help to resolve the situation. So let's both go to them because I assume you've already gone to them and that didn't go too good. So now you need my help. Guess what? 90-something percent of the time, they're going to be like, oh, no, oh, no, no. Oh, wait, you haven't gone to them. That one question can shut down gossip. Why are you telling me this? And here's a question you can ask yourself just to to judge whether this is gossip or not. Because obviously, we're in each other's lives and we help each other walk through things and we talk about things. And if you're in relationship with people, you talk about things. So another thing you can ask yourself is are you part of the problem or are you part of the solution? If the answer to both of those questions is no, then you probably shouldn't even be talking about it. Like you're not part of the problem and you're not part of the solution. So, and if it's bothering you that bad, you need to go to somebody that is part of the problem and or the solution. That's what we're called to do as Christians. We work stuff out. We help people find healing. We love each other. We we promote unity. Always. Why are you telling me this? Are you part of the problem? Are you part of the solution? Um, There was this TED Talk that I watched also in preparation for this. I actually watched it a couple times. It was really interesting. You can go go look it up because it's cool to me to see different perspectives about the same thing and coming up with the same conclusions. But again, it wasn't from any type of a Christian standpoint. There was no Bible backing it up. It's from psychology and it's from like the world standpoint, but it's telling like how gossip destroys jobs and businesses. And he even mentions in the TED Talk that it's uh, in churches and families. And, and so what he was talking about is a, it's called the drama triangle. And that's like the name for it. A psychotherapist came up with this. And uh, it's called the drama triangle. And what the triangle is, is person number one has a problem with person. So I have a problem with Brandon. 
Okay, so instead of me going to Brandon about it, I'm going to go to Rebecca. You see how it makes the triangle because there's three different people. And instead of me doing the uncomfortable thing and going to Brandon and saying, hey, man, I got a problem. We need to talk about this and work it out. I go to Rebecca and say, man, I got a problem with Brandon. He's an idiot. And then almost every time, then what does the person say? Yeah, I know. I was thinking that too. And they start thinking in their mind about in the past. Yeah, you're right. You know, Brandon's done stuff like that around me too. I've seen him do something like that too. And we go to that person. And so this psychotherapist, he does this whole thing on it. And they got names for all the, the different ones. But they say it happens in families and it happens in churches. And if you don't believe me, think about it. Like, think about it in your family. What do you do? You got a problem with mom. Do you go to mom and work it out or do you call your sister and say, I don't know what's mom. Your turn. I don't know what's wrong with mom. It's your turn to deal with her. I can't do it anymore. We do that all the time in my family. We're all just, it's like we're just passing mom around. I'm, I'm joking. Kind of. No. <laughs> no, I, I'm joking about mom, but I'm saying... I know you've had situations like that in your family where that happens. Or like it could be a sibling, whatever it is, whatever the triangle is, you know. Oh, I just can't deal with it anymore. Levi, your turn. Nate's just making me so mad, I'm not going to talk to him. And what we do is we pull in that third person. Rather than working it out with this one, we go behind their back and and it happens in churches and on jobs. And this is a predictable pattern of human behavior that has been around for decades. It was first published in the late 60s by a psychotherapist named Stephen Cartman. And he named it the Drama Triangle. And so the first one that feels like they were wronged, that was me in our little triangle right here. The first one that feels like they were wrong, they're known as the victim. Right? And then Brandon would have been the, uh, the persecutor. And then uh, Rebecca would have been known as the rescuer. Like I'm going to go to somebody else to tell them how bad I was wronged. And it's all wrong. And, and why do we do that? Why do we do those things? Um, there was a study done of drivers, and, and it brought in all these drivers, and they asked them to rate your skill behind the wheel. You're driving. Right? And so they did this with thousands of people, and it turns out that 93% of drivers rate themselves as above-average drivers. So 93% of drivers believe that they are better than 50% of drivers. Think about that. A bunch of them are wrong. <laughs> like above average means you're in the top 50%. So if 93% of people that drive vehicles in the U.S. think they're above average, a whole bunch of them are wrong. Right? And that's, that's what's explained in that, in that TED Talk and that study is they have this big long name for it, but basically it's you give yourself the benefit of the doubt. You have empathy for yourself. Even if you have a wreck, it was a good reason. 
you know why. You know what happened. Like, right, that truck ran me off and all that stuff happened. Well, when somebody else wrecks, <laughs> they can't drive. <laughs> They're dumb. They're... And so what the study shows is that we give ourselves the benefit of the doubt and we have empathy for ourselves. That's putting ourselves in our own shoes, obviously, because most of us are in our own shoes, hopefully, in our own mind. But that naturally we just have a really hard time giving that same grace to other people. They say in the study that when somebody shows up late to work, if you are asked a question, why do you think this person was late to work? When you're asked... You would say, well, they're probably lazy. They aren't responsible. They didn't set their alarm clock. They didn't do this or that or whatever. They're, they're a bad person. They were probably up all night doing something they shouldn't have been doing. That's why they were late. But then when something happens where you were late, like a logging truck wrecked in front of you and there was no way around, and you were just late, like, well, you know you're not a bad person. You had a good reason. You know, I was late, but I, like I had a good reason for it. It's something that's inside of all of us. But we just don't realize it. Um, also, to, to prove this point, they would bring people in, and a boss would bring like a whole company in, every single employee into the room and say, congratulations, everyone is getting a raise. Everyone in this company is getting a raise and it's between two and 4% raise. Now we're gonna pass out some business cards, some uh, little index cards, and we want you to write on here. We want you to put your name on here and then we want you to put what pay increase do you feel like you deserve? Between two and 4%. No one ever put 2%. You know what else people never put? 3%. Because nobody was willing to say in front of their boss, hello, I'm average. Most employees put 3.1%, 3.2%. Handful of employees that were just bold enough would put 4%. And then usually in most companies, there was that one person that put like 7% because they felt really good about themselves because recently they had cleaned out the refrigerator in the break room and done more than anybody else. That one person that, you know, put something off the chart, right? And that's like most companies and businesses and churches and, and all of those studies that I'm telling you about, the driver one and that one, and these studies are all proving that in our mind, we, we think we're great. You ever given yourselves four hours on a Saturday afternoon to clean out the garage and thought, no problem, I'll clean out the whole garage in four hours and it took you four weekends? That's that same thing in your brain that's telling you, oh, I can do it fast, yeah. I can probably cut the grass in two hours. Oh, no, you hadn't even cut it this year. You're going to need a bush hog in three weeks. No, you probably can't do it. I could do it in two hours with a weed eater. Whole yard. No, you can't. And I could easily look at somebody else and say, ain't no way he could cut it in two hours. But yet I think I could. It's just built into our brain. They call it the angel on your shoulder. It gives you confidence. 
and tells you you can do it. But here's what they say in the study and in the talk, and just to kind of wrap it up. Automatically, we judge other people's bad behavior. And we think it was a character flaw instead of circumstances. But then when we judge our own behavior, our own bad behavior, we blame it on circumstances and not a character flaw. And we all do it. So you do something bad, and I'm going to blame it on you must have a character flaw. But if I do the exact same thing, I'm going to say it was the circumstances that made me do that. It was I was late because of a wreck or something I couldn't control. But you were late because you're probably just sorry. You sat up all night taking shots and playing poker or something. I don't know. <laughs> And isn't that what gossip is? That rather than having empathy and, and believing the best about somebody else and thinking, hey, maybe it was circumstances and hey, maybe it was their life and the situation they were put in growing up and maybe it was this and that and why they made that choice and, and how can I help them and go to them and hey, like instead of doing those things, we just automatically assume it's just a character flaw in them where we would give ourselves the benefit of the doubt benefit of the doubt at the end of that study here's what they came up with they said this is how and remember this is not even a christian or biblical study and they go around teaching this to companies and here's what they say at the very end of the thing i just wrapped it all up for you nicely you don't have to go watch a 30 minute talk on it at the very end they say this is how you kill gossip in the workplace, in the family, in a church, in any organization, this is how you kill it with two things. If you can get your team or your employees to do this. Number one, assume good intent. So no matter what situation comes up, no matter what, you're, what is being talked about or whatever, you assume that the person had good intent that they were trying to be on time or that they were trying to do the right thing or that they just messed up or that that they can do you always assume the best but it has to be a conscious choice for you to assume good intent because i just told you naturally you're going to assume the worst about them and the best about you so in christianity and in the bible that's called empathy we're told to do that jesus and paul and we're we're taught to have empathy so this is same way of saying have empathy assume good intent and the second thing is to destroy gossip in the workplace they say is go to the source exactly what jesus said in matthew 18. the same thing that jesus taught us is go to the source if you have a problem with your brother go to him look i'm gonna read it to you real fast what jesus said matthew 18 15. moreover if thy brother shall trespass against thee or offend thee, go and tell him his fault between thee and him alone. Oh, don't go tell everybody else? No, Jesus made it very clear. Go tell him and him alone, just you and him. Go talk to him. Hey, you hurt me. Hey, you hurt my feelings. Hey, I wish you didn't do that. Hey, I don't... Whatever it is, why'd you do that? Help me understand. If he shall hear thee, thou hast gained thy brother. 
But if he will not hear thee, then take with thee one or two more. That in the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word may be established. So like if he won't listen to you or they won't work it out or they're insistent on not still stirring up stuff. Okay, you still got a problem with them and they won't listen. You tried to just keep it quiet. So now is when it's okay to bring somebody else in. But it's not just you and somebody else. It's you getting someone else and going again to the person. So what makes it wrong or gossip is if they're removed from the situation and it's just you and another person. No, you're getting them for the purpose of going to that person and working it out and finding healing. And friendship and fellowship, unity for everyone involved. He says, go and take one or two more if they won't listen and go to them. Verse 17, and if he shall neglect to hear them, Tell it unto the church. I think a lot of times Christians get it backwards. Somebody offends them and they, number one, tell it to the church. Then they go to two or three individual people. And by that point, there's no point in going to the person because the friendship's over like we just read in Proverbs. It's been severed. The trust is gone. But if you neglect to hear the church... Let him be unto thee as a heathen, man and a publican. What does that mean? He said, then just treat him like somebody that's not one of your brothers or sisters, somebody out. Well, you still don't gossip about him. If you're a Christian and you're a believer, what does that mean? Treat him like a heathen or an unbeliever? It means, hey, I'm not going to be in close relationship with you because you won't reason and trust and we can't work this out and find healing but I'm still not going to talk about you I'm still going to love you and I'm still going to hope that you grow and mature and that one day we can be in relationship and by me not talking about you and slandering you behind your back right? it keeps me from the poison it keeps you from the poison and it leaves the door open for in the future we could still be in relationship with each other we're not burning bridges. That's what Jesus taught. That's what we're supposed to do. Have you talked to them? And most of the time, I know from experience, when you ask somebody, hey, have you talked to them about this? The answer is usually no. Remember, I, I was going to turn, but I'm just I'm going to wrap it up in the interest of time. Um, if you confess your sins to God he's faithful and just to forgive you and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness it's 1 John um, 1 John 1 19 you think about that if you confess your sins your wrongs the things that you've done bad anything wrong and we're told in 1 John that scripture tells us to confess your sins to God and what? He's faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you. God forgives you and cleanses you. But then, if you confess your sins to each other, James 5.16 tells us, if you confess your sins one to another, you'll be healed. Notice he said, if you confess your sins, not somebody else's sins. 
Uh, you're not going and confessing somebody else's sins. But just that whole thought that if you look it up in Scripture, in those two places, in James, it's very clear that it says you confess your sins and your faults to each other. You're open with each other about, hey, this is my, this is my sin, this is my fault. He said, James said, that's how we find healing. Not from confessing it to God. No, when we confess it to God, we find forgiveness. And He washes us clean. But have you ever felt like, man, I just, I keep, I keep on messing up. I keep on doing the same thing. I keep on, I keep on having the same wound. I keep on, keep on. And God keeps on forgiving you. He does. Because you're His son and you're His daughter. And He's going to keep on forgiving you to the end until one day when He takes you home to heaven. Because of the cross, that's what was done. That's grace. You're forgiven. But a lot of people are walking around without healing. A lot of people are walking around with wounds and they're forgiven and they're cleansed of all unrighteousness and they're saved and they're a Christian and they're going to heaven, but they're not healed and whole. They're not living a life where they're sowing life into other people and where they're speaking life with their words and and you end up bitter and broken and wounded and you can't heal. Because we're not open with each other. We're not speaking truth and life. We'd rather confess somebody else's sins to each other than admit that we have a problem on our own. Hey, this is what I'm dealing with. Hey, can you help me out? Hey, you know, you did something that really offended me. I'm gonna, let's work it out. Let's do what Jesus said. And let's be open about our sins and about our problems. Why? So that we can find healing. I don't know about you, but I want to be healed. I don't want to just be forgiven. I want to be whole and healed. Because a whole and healed person is a lot more effective. Gossip says, I am strong if they are weak. But the message of the gospel says, I am weak. He is strong. It's the whole message that Paul taught us. In my weakness, his strength is perfected. What if you heard someone talking behind your back? You snuck up and you came walk by and you happened to hear your name and you stopped and listened. But instead of speaking negative about you, instead of speaking death, they were talking good. Like what if you heard somebody talking about you and you listened in to hear what they were saying and they were speaking life? What if they're talking good things about you? Because as Christians, that's what it should look like. Right, what, what, if, what if you heard me talking about, you walked by the kitchen on a Wednesday night and you heard me in there talking to somebody else and I was talking about Dan and Teresa. Because Dan just talked to me about his cut finger and he left and so they were on my mind. And what if you came by and if they heard me, maybe Dan came back in to grab something and I was in there talking about Dan and Teresa. They stopped to listen. I'll see what the pastor's saying. And what if you heard me saying like, they're some of the most generous people I know. They've blessed my family more time than I can count. They're, they're like a breath of fresh air. They're involved in everything. They... They come to everything and try to help out with stuff and they give their time, talents, and treasures. And, and what if I'm saying those things? You think Dan's going to be upset if he happened to hear me saying those things about him to somebody else? 
probably not going to be mad at me or get offended with me for saying something like that. Or what if I happen to say it to one of their friends who goes back and tells them what I said? I don't care. I wasn't saying anything bad. I was actually speaking life and blessing over them and about them for who they are and the blessing that they are to me in my life, right? Like, see, as Christians, we are supposed to talk about each other. We're supposed to be sowing life and positive things and good things about each other, not the negative dirt. Jesus said, go figure that out. Speak life behind somebody's back. Then if somebody goes and tells them, who cares? Guess what Dusty was saying about you? Hey, RJ, guess what Dusty said? Don't tell anybody I told you this, but I heard him say you were putting in a lot of extras working on the yard at the church and that you had the rose bushes looking really good. <laughs> Can you believe him? I thought y'all were friends. Isn't he supposed to be your family? <laughs> right? It, it just doesn't even work if it was good things I was saying. If it was positive things and I was sowing seeds of life. What happens? Kind of the opposite. Oh, it starts doing the work of the Holy Spirit. Now RJ hears that Dusty was talking about him and saying good stuff. So now RJ feels seen. Oh, he noticed that I spent a lot of extra hours working up there on the church and so now it starts to do the work of the Holy Spirit it's bringing unity it, it makes you feel like oh I'm seen I'm noticed I'm loved they care about me it's the exact opposite feelings that you get from gossip it gives people a feeling of gratitude it makes them feel loved what about the person that I'm speaking it to like the person that I'm saying that to, like if I'm, if I'm choosing to say good things about somebody else, if I'm choosing to brag on somebody for what they've done or how God's using them, what does it do to that person? It actually inspires them to go out and do good. Wow, man, that's awesome. Like he's doing all these good things and, and Dusty's talking about it and so grateful man I, I could go out and do some stuff I could help out see my words are life going into their soul and they walk away not only thinking man I want to be more like RJ or man I'd like to be more like Dan and Teresa and, and be involved in camps too or I want to be like that. But guess what else they think? Man, I want to be more like Dusty. Saying all these good things about other people. And, and it makes me feel good when I walk away from them. And man, I want to be like that. I want to have maturity because I know RJ's done some really messed up things and hurt Dusty. And all Dusty did was just stood there and talked about how awesome RJ was. See, RJ hadn't really done a lot of messed up things and hurt me. That's why I used him for the example. But he has done all the awesome things that I said. But when somebody hears me 
talking and picking out all the good things in him and the areas that God's letting him use, then they think, man, I want to be like that. I want to be able to forgive like that. I want to be able to sow life like that. I want to be able to say that. I've never looked at someone gossiping and thought, man, when I grow up, I want to be like you. Boy, you really know how to remember a story and put that flair on it. That was good. I've never once had somebody sitting there dumping poison in my well and thought, man, I want to be like him. I'd love to be like her. The bitterness is just, whoo, refreshing. Have you? I haven't. In fact, when I walk away from somebody talking bad about people and gossiping and stuff, I feel kind of dirty, like nasty. Like, I, like, God, what was that? What was the purpose of that? We didn't help anybody or didn't, like, all that did was brought division. There have been times when people, when someone told me things about other people that was told to them in confidence just to make themselves look or feel better about what they were choosing. And I've never once thought, hmm, oh, well, now that you cut them down, you do look taller. No. What it actually did was made me lose trust and respect for that person that was telling me those things. It made me put in the back of my mind, hey, I can't trust you. I see what you're going to do with something that somebody tells you and trying to get your help. You're going to use it to try to make yourself look better. So, I'm guarded. Let's not be those people. It's good for the ones that I'm talking about. It's good for the listener. And last, it's good for me. It actually builds me up to sow life into other people. It's, it's like planting life in my own soul because if my soul is open and receptive to God and the Holy Spirit and I'm just slinging out life seeds to the people that I'm talking to and people guess I'm getting life planted in me too it's good for the people I'm talking about it's good for the person I'm talking to it's good for me that's how God designed it and set it up so we as Christ followers as Christians little Jesuses That's what we're supposed to look like. Not gossipers. The last verse, Proverb, Proverbs 18, 7. Fools are undone by their big mouths. Their souls are crushed by their words. I don't want to have my soul crushed by my words. I don't want to be a fool that's undone by my big mouth because I can't control my tongue. If you skip over to verse 20, it says this. Words satisfy the mind as much as fruit does the stomach. Good talk is as gratifying as a good harvest. Words kill. Words give life. They're either poison or fruit. What? Your words. The things you're choosing to say, they're poison or fruit. You choose. 
So you get to choose. You have a choice. My question for you today is, what are you choosing? Are you choosing life or death? Are you choosing Jesus or law? Are you choosing hope or depression? Will you choose love or hate? The power is in your words. The words that you speak. But it's also in the words that you listen to. You're not a trash can. You are valuable. When you feel a death sentence, speak a life sentence. Life overcomes death. Jesus taught us that. We don't fight evil with evil. We overcome it with good. Life and death is in the power of the tongue. Jesus said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So whatever you're filling yourself with, that's what's going to come out. Will it be life? Will it be death? Will you sow seeds of life or will you just run around gossiping? It's a choice. It's a decision that we can make to change our patterns. To start sowing good seeds. Because we want to reap a good harvest. Amen. Let's pray. God, thank you. Thanks for speaking to us. God, thank you for calling us out sometimes in some areas. I, I think every person in the room, including myself, could have been called out a little bit today. We've probably all talked about somebody or, or listened to someone else talking or you know, been one of those three pins in the triangle, whatever it may be. I'm sure we've all heard or participated in some way in some gossip. And I know for a fact that we will have opportunity to in the future. So God, thank you for showing us this. Thank you for giving us tools on some, some questions that we can ask ourselves and some questions that we can ask the person that's bringing the gossip to us. And God, I ask you to give us strength. We want to be mature. We want to grow into the people that you've created us to be. So, so God, help us to look more like you. Help us to love each other. Help us to sow seeds of life. Help us to not try to overcome evil with evil, but help us to overcome evil with good like the Scripture says. Help us to forgive like you, to love like you, to wash the feet of even the ones that would betray us because that's what you did. God, we love you. Thank you for who you are. Thank you for who you created us to be. In Jesus' name, amen.